Welcome back to the Behind the Net podcast. As always, I'm one of your two co-hosts, Matthew, and joined with me is my other co-host, Michael. And you probably might have noticed something uh, when you clicked on today's episode. Uh, we have a new logo. Yep. Um, exciting, exciting, exciting things. Uh, we want to give a quick shout out to our good buddy, Nick Barden, who we a- we actually had him on the uh, podcast uh, a few months back. Um, yeah, he uh, graciously helped us out with a uh, with a new logo, uh, updated logo and um yeah new year new look and i really like how he incorporated all the different sports we talk about in that uh in that logo yeah we we've already told him this many times but we want to reiterate that we're very appreciative that he made the logo and honestly guys if you do want to check out some of his other words go follow go check him out on twitter he's uh he's quite the follow i'll tell you that for free (laughs) definitely um I'll quickly plug his things. Uh, check out, he writes with us at the Leafs Nation, so check out his work there. He uh, makes YouTube videos uh, react, reacting to uh, Leafs games and, and providing analysis. And yeah, his graphic design work is really good. So if you ever need any graphic design work, um, definitely hit him up. His Twitter page is at Nick Barden, and I believe it's the same for Instagram. Mm-hmm. I might be wrong, though. I'm pretty sure that's his, uh, he keeps it consistent through mostly all of the socials so yeah that's true yeah um but yeah pretty good week uh so far what have you been up to i know we're still in lockdown here in ontario so michael how's your week been it's been chill honestly there's really not much we can do just because of the long going lockdown uh work is work school is back so that's that and uh we had some some quite a bit of news this week uh not just in the sports world but in the united states with joe biden officially becoming uh president for the united states Mm-hmm. That's big news. Uh, we've definitely been uh, eyeing that date. That actually happened as today. We're we're recording this on Friday, January twenty second. So that happened just a couple days ago. Um, big things. Obviously, we talk a lot about politics and how it um, intersects with sports here on this podcast. So uh, yeah, definitely some big news there. Uh, Michael, what have you been up to in your free time? Uh, I know, yeah, with the lockdown, I'm always looking for, you know, new things to keep busy. I feel like we're doing the whole March lockdown all over again, except this time we're all just tired of it. Oh, yeah. I've actually got an Amazon gift card and was able to spend it on a couple of new games for myself. I know, I keep spending money on games. Yeah, quite the investment. (laughs) Right now, it's the Uh, best investment. Oh, yeah. This time I bought uh, two Rockstar games. Uh, they're they're old ones, but I think they're still good. One of them's Bully, which is I essentially Grand Bully. Theft Auto. Yeah, it's great. It's Grand. If, for those who don't know, it's Grand Theft Auto Five, Grand Theft Auto, but for uh, high school. And the other one I got is L.A. Noir. I oh. actually played mm-hmm. the game before, but uh, I never actually played. Did got very far in it, so. I, I've actually gotten further than I've ever been. I'm loving it. Mm, definitely check out those two games if you haven't. But yeah, I was going to say Bully is amazing. I love Bully. I used to play that uh, before. I, I've had it for a number of years. I played when I was younger, and then I, I think I got it again on PS3 um, when they kind of re... They didn't remaster it. They just, uh, you know, um, put it up so you could play like a classic game again. Yeah. Amazing game. And then L.A. Noir, I have it. I think I have it. I just haven't beaten it. But uh, it's also fun. Um a lot more uh kind of how how would you say it's not as you know it's not as much of that kind of open world uh you know game it's not focused on that kind of like you know simulation part more so the story yeah no it's a great story too uh i i kind of hope they make the sequel soon i heard that they're they might be making the sequel 
But yeah, mm. if you haven't played Alien Noir yet, definitely do it. Uh, it's pretty cheap on uh, Amazon. Nice, nice. Um, yeah, I've for one have been. I have been playing video games, but I've kind of. I have. I haven't been in a while actually. I've been uh, watching uh, TV shows. I've been rewatching The Office. Um, that's nice. been taking up a lot of my time. Uh, I've just been looking through movies. Uh, Tony Parker's new documentary on uh, on Netflix. Definitely give that a watch if you haven't already. Um, okay. Yeah, that's that's been keeping my week busy. Yeah, you know what else has been keeping our week busy? Uh, the biggest free free agent signing in Blue Jays history. Oh yeah. Um, so we'll go right into that. I mean that that definitely is the leading news of the week. Um, if you haven't heard already, the Blue Jays signed. Uh, George Springer we've talked about him a ton in the last few weeks on the podcast and uh, they went out and did it they did it the Blue Jays uh, outbid the Mets and uh, were able to secure their uh, star their star player and what's great about this signing is how we found out that they got him we the first person that broke the signing was a guy by the name of Brandon Kuhn his Twitter is at underscore BKUH underscore and he's a writer for the Jays Nation. So what happened was he tweets out that the Jays and Springer agreed to a deal pending a physical while he was at the barber shop, and people were were questioning how truthful he was, but a lot of people were backing him up. And then we saw all the uh, big MLB insiders confirm it, and the MLB themselves tweet out something, and then we knew it was for real. <laughs> I gotta say, it's I love it when we we hear about these big stories for sports from. Uh, unfamiliar uh, sources like when someone something like this happens it's the best oh for real and honestly like it would be interesting i would love to bring him on to the show or something that would be an interesting story to see how he broke that news um but yeah that's just an, a, a crazy story and going back to the signing what do you think about it because definitely i'm with i, I don't want to jump too much like i don't want to get my I set my expectations too high for the Jays but it definitely has jumped a lot this is a big signing for the Jays and um they're definitely trying to make it um you know make it obvious that they're trying to contend they are trying to contend and they're definitely willing to pay money now mm -hmm. I think this move this move signals two things to both the fan base and the rest of baseball number one for the Jays fans they're telling them they're ready to compete they're ready to win now they view the roster that they've currently constructed is on the right path they need to make a big splash and they did just that and uh i think there's still a few more moves away which we'll get into a little bit later but they're definitely going to be in the playoff conversation next year and beyond that but i think it also signals to the rest of baseball that toronto is a viable option for free agency like what was it last year they signed hunjin ryu like to a very big contract it's like people in baseball would always count out the Blue Jays as a place for free agents to go. But if this George Springer does anything, it's like, hey, this is a good place to go. There, You can spend money there. You'll get paid handsomely and you'll be part of a winning organization. And I think now that Rodgers has the money to, to spend, it's it bodes well for uh, the Blue Jays uh, in free agency going forward. For sure, for sure. And uh, yeah, I mean... Just looking at this signing too, we I mean we talked about it before, but I feel like it definitely is a almost it's not even that high of a risk because given where the Blue Jays are in their rebuild, um, the the window of contention is opening. But like we said all last season, they really, um, they really exceeded their expectations, and I think 
Um, once again, they've exceeded their, our expectations in terms of uh, free agency pickups and just how quickly they can rebuild. So again, even next season, I don't even think it's, uh, you know, playoffs or bust. I think this just accelerates um, the expectations. And, and, and even if they don't, you know, play as to how we might think they would play next season, um, it just means the road to contention has become that much, uh, you know, or the window has become that much longer and said that much um, easier to keep open. Yeah. And the good thing about uh, Springer is, although he's on the wrong side of 30, he's still a very productive player. Mm-hmm. Yeah, there's going to be a bit of uh, worry because of the fact that they're going to be paying Springer until it's like mid, past his mid-30s. But don't mistake it. Springer is still one of the best players in baseball by a considerable margin. There's few better than him in terms of just his ability to hit and just his, his defense. And I think that's something that the Jays needed. They needed a big bat in their lineup. And I have to say, they're at the top of their their order is going to be very scary. Mm-hmm. And uh, I also have to mention, like, I think I think a big part of this that we have to realize is, uh, you know, Rogers and, and and the Blue Jays in general are willing to dish out money for these players. And we also saw, I mean, the Blue Jays didn't end up uh, signing him, but uh, they almost signed uh, Michael Brantley as well, um, George Springer's former teammate, and. Uh, if I mean they didn't end up getting him, but if they did, like that just shows how, you know, how much the Blue Jays are willing to spend uh, to make this team a contender, and uh, that's a that's that's pretty big for a team who you know has uh, historically not been wind not been one to try and you know dish out so much money at once. Yeah. Now I before we do move on to other areas of the Jays, we should mention the elephant in the room, and that is the Astros cheating scandal, mm-hmm. which. Uh, it's pretty apparent that George Springer was one of the players that benefited from it. Mm-hmm. But he make no mistake about was, it. And he was the World Series MVP. So, I mean, take that how you will when it, when you tie it into the whole scandal. But he does deserve some credit for owning up to it and apologizing. And if you looked at his numbers since the cheating scandal came up, he actually done better. So, I mean, part of me is like, why did you even need to cheat? You didn't need to. You were already a great player without the cheating scandal or without the trash cans. So, I mean, yeah, there's definitely going to be that uh, black mark on his resume, but you know, that's it's it's obviously going to be there, and it's something that can't be ignored. But hopefully, he can continue to be a productive player, no trash cans at all, and hopefully, he doesn't bring some <laughs> cheating methods over to Toronto. But yeah, just something for Jays fans to keep in mind. Mm-hmm. Definitely agree. Um, but yeah, I think uh, I think this is a great a great signing for the Jays. And I think it only goes up from here. Absolutely. And they still, still have a lot of work to do. I think a lot of people were discussing after the George Springer signing. And when there was even talks about Michael Brantley coming, but that fell through, uh, was that they needed a starter. Mm-hmm. And there's talks about them bringing back Tejon Walker, who was uh, probably one of the most underrated starters uh, in the American league last year. So him bringing him back would be huge, but there's a uh, quite a lot of other players that, have the Jays eye right now. One of them being uh, James Paxton, who mm-hmm. was recently on the, I want to say the Yankees. And then there's Jake Ordizzi, I believe. I don't think he's a starter, but he might be someone that's in the Jays' uh, radar. So I I don't know about you, but uh, they sh- their next move should be getting a starter. I think that's 100% the move. Um, If I'm thinking back a few episodes before um, that we were recording, I think... I think when we were coming up with kind of a, a list for the Blue Jays to target, 
Um, obviously, I think I I especially was putting uh, Trevor Bauer at the top of the list because just mm-hmm. in terms of roles, the Blue Jays need that um, a, 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 a good starting pitcher, or at least they need to kind of shore up their starting pitch, pitcher depth. Um, so that's definitely their uh, hole that they need to fill now. Um, that's where they yeah. should be focusing their attention to. And going back to Trevor Bauer, I mean, uh, if they're not, I mean, I don't know if they're, they probably won't be in on him anymore, but with the, with the signing of Springer, but if anything, they need to just uh, continue to, you know, increase the depth in, in uh, for, for their starting p- pitching position. And mm-hmm. uh, definitely Paxton, uh, James Paxton, a Canadian, that would be a nice signing. And that would just ultimately help with the, um, you know, with the goal of, of uh, becoming, a, becoming deeper uh, on the mound. Yep. And uh, it's, it's we why I say uh, starting should be a priority for this Blue Jays team is they've already signed a couple of really good relievers, uh, mm. Kirby Yates being one of them, and uh, just yesterday, Tyler Chatwood being the other. And there's still plenty more uh, players that are on, on the Jays' radar for uh, if they want to go after relievers. And if they want to make a trade for one of their trade one of their outfielders to get said pitching, they can totally do that. And their prospect pool is one of the best in baseball. Nate Pearson recently was named the top prospect in all of baseball. So this Jays team has all the pieces and the money needed to make another big move. And if you're a Jays fan, rightfully so, you have to be excited about uh, 2021. Oh, for sure. I mean, yeah, the offseason already started off with a big bang. And we don't know if, you know, any big ones, or big signings like that are coming or big moves. But I think it's time to make those little moves to uh, fill up the roster. Um, but I got to ask you... Uh, I mean, a final question on Jays. Um, do you think they can contend as they are right now, or do you think they have to make other moves? Well, as it stands right now, after the George Springer signing, the Jays' win output improved to 88, or something in that ballpark, which would be good enough for one of the wild card spots. Nowhere near good enough to win uh, the AL East, with the Yankees continuing to be the, uh, the, the Death Star of baseball. And... <laughs> Who knows about uh, the Tampa Bay Rays? They're probably the biggest wild card uh, mm-hmm. of the entire division. But if the Jays want to ensure that they can uh, like challenge the Yankees, the starter is what they need. If they don't get a quality starter, then the best they can hope for is the wild card spot. Because the Yan- like I said, the Yankees are the team to beat in the American League East, and I can't foresee a scenario where they lose uh, the division. Uh, I hundred percent agree. Um... I definitely think they are they're playoff contenders. They they're possible playoff contenders right now, but in no ways you know uh, anywhere near you know touching World Series uh, status or, or World Series uh, that ballpark. But that's okay because as I was saying before, you know they're still rebuilding and this just kind of elevated their expectations a little earlier so that you know um, it, it's not play like it's not championship or bust or anything like that. Any mm-hmm. uh, not yet. Um, they definitely have to make other moves and yeah, it all starts with pitching. Um, like I said, I would love if they can get Trevor Bauer or, you know, if they can make a move to get like a really, a really good starting pitcher. Um, otherwise, you know, fill out the depth for, um, uh, for the starting pitcher role. That's definitely the biggest priority because offensively, I think they are pretty much set to be a playoff team. It's just, uh, um, their pitching staff now needs work. Yeah. The window is definitely open. It's not fully open, though. Mm-hmm. That's, I think, should be the big takeaway. If the Jays want to bust it wide open, again, we have to reiterate, 
another starter, a quality starter has to be a top priority. If they don't get a starter, then good luck. That's all I can say. Mm-hmm. Consistency. Consistency is key. And your offense, um, your offensive core can be consistent and they look, it looks like it'll be consistent, but pitching is the most, probably the biggest variable in uh, baseball that can, that can change from game to game. Yeah. So hopefully the Jays make that move and we'll be uh, definitely keeping tabs on that uh, as the weeks go on. And hopefully soon the Jays make the Springer signing official because as it stands, they haven't officially tweeted the signing. Mm-hmm. So so with that, uh, let's move into hockey. Um, starting last week, hockey began again and uh, we got a few Leafs games uh, that, that happened this week. Um, honestly, kind of up and down so far for the Leafs. Uh there's been there's a lot to talk about, but um, over the last few games, I mean, they they've basically been you know having a good game and then a bad game, kind of back to back. So um, with their stretch with the Senders, they won one and they lost one, and then they defeated the Jets. Um, I believe that was on Monday, and then on Wednesday yeah. they defeated. Uh, I mean, they were they were defeated by the Edmonton Oilers, and tonight they take on the Oilers again, and they hope to uh, to come out with a victory this time, but they're have been some injuries, uh, uh, mainly to Joe Thornton and also Austin Matthews is out for this game. Uh, so I got to ask you, what are your thoughts on the team uh, in the few games that we've been able to see? Well, we've seen how the the Leafs at their best and the Leafs at their worst, uh, all within a span of one week, mm-hmm. which is which is which is insane. Because first of all, the Ottawa Senators played uh, their kicked butt on uh, Friday night because they were looking to prove that they uh, are not going to be a pushover in this North division. And they definitely gave the Leafs a a lot of trouble, especially giving scoring four consecutive goals, I believe. And uh, the Leafs uh, obviously responded with a dominant performance the very next night and then absolutely demolished the Winnipeg Jets in terms of possession and shots on goal. But then the next night uh, on Wednesday or Wednesday this past week, basically, like you said, just not playing at all to their strengths and just mm. making very, very bad decisions uh, all game long. That ended up uh, costing them uh, two points. Mm-hmm. So, you know, there's an article that came out today from, I want to say, Chase McCollum that basically confirmed what a lot of us are saying about this Leafs team is that they're very inconsistent. And I think that's what we're seeing right off the bat. We can see this Leaf team be absolutely fl- flying uh, through the offensive zone, like just getting chance after chance and possibly even getting a lot of goals. And then the next night they'll just look, they'll just look uh, completely out of place. And one of those uh, teams that uh, might be uh, trying to battle for the, uh, lot- the, the draft lottery. So this team is capable of doing great things. We just need to see them doing it on a consistent basis. Because they are a huge outlier when it comes to the top teams in uh, the NHL. And we thought, we figured that, like, yes, I know it's early. There's a lot of new players still getting adjusted to the system. And now there has to be some more adjustments with players going down with injuries. But with only 56 games in the regular season, there's not, there's, there's little room for error. And you would like to see the least fix these problems as soon as possible. Because if their goal is to try and make it uh, deep in the playoffs, they're really not to. Uh, showing that they can do just that, which is the one thing we were hoping to see from this Leafs team. Exactly. I was going to say, you know, consistency, inconsistency, 
has been the Leafs' biggest issue so far. I mean, just looking at their five games that they played, they won one, and then they lost, and then they won two, and then they lost. And it's very hard to string together, you know, consistent performances. And, uh, yeah, it's. It, I think we know the Leafs of past seasons, mainly last season as well, um, started off inconsistently, um, similar to this season. So I guess we just got to hope that, you know, I mean, are we seeing a similar Leafs team or are there changes? Um, is inconsistency going to be a problem for the Leafs once again this season? And uh, I think those are the questions you, you kind of have to ask early. And now, um, I mean, moving into the injuries as well, the, the Leafs are um, struggling with some injuries here. Uh, Joe Thornton, who just started uh, with the Leafs, and uh, he got one goal, which was a great goal, by the way, might I add. Yeah. Um, but... Do you think this is an early blow? Of course, with Austin Matthews out, um, that's you know. Uh, do do we know? Do we have a reason yet why he's out? Uh, they just said. I, I'm assuming it's probably slightly for maintenance, but mm-hmm. uh, he did. He was has been very physical the last few games and played, I believe, over 24 minutes uh, on Wednesday against the Oilers. So it might be the best idea that they just hold him out for one night, mm-hmm. a little, uh, a little just for load, longevity. load management. <laughs> yeah finally we're seeing it in hockey thank goodness <laughs> but uh yeah even joe thornton i mean you're taking off uh basically a top six winger there um i mean we've talked about it all see uh like all off season that um those this leafs lineup still you know there's there's wingers that can move up which i'm i'm happy to see it's very depthful but how do you think these injuries are going to play a part into the uh into into the leafs inconsistency and just well getting everything going well, all I can really say is that they need to start developing a next man up mentality because three valuable players in the Leafs roster are not playing tonight. Robertson, obviously, because he's the top prospect. Thorin, because of his uh, veteran leadership and just ability to calm the locker room. And Austin Mathis, because he is the best player on the team. Mm-hmm. So the guy, the likes of Barabanov, Engvall, and Brooks, who are going to play tonight... Uh, we obviously have no idea how they're going to do. You're pro- you'll probably know by the time you're hearing this. Uh, they have to just play their their butts off because they need to show that uh, if there is a, some injuries, they'll be more than comfortable uh, coming up to the team and uh, providing that spark. Same goes for the guys that are not in the lineup right now, mainly Joey Anderson, who practiced with the team uh, yesterday. And uh, a lot of people got excited about him potentially getting to play. And there's so many others that I'm not even thinking about right now. Just like I said, next man up mentality has to be the key thing. But also, we need to wait to see how this plays out. Because like I was saying, it's early. A lot of new players are coming in. But uh, if we're we're at about the halfway point of the season, and we're we're still seeing that inconsistency, then I think Leaf fans have every right to be worried about this team's chances going into the spring. Exactly. And I love your... uh... I love I love how you said how you put it and uh, with the next man up mentality, hundred percent they need that. I think that's been something the Leafs have struggled with for the last few seasons. And now, um, with the inconsistency, you know, I love how depthful the Leafs are, especially on the offensive front. But bringing up those you know those depth players doesn't mean anything if you're still an inconsistent team. So those depth players need to come up and figure out you know how can they actually make this team better rather than fill in a hole that's missing you know and that's definitely what they have to do they have to be the next man up they have to um, push themselves to um, new heights not just to replace a player that's missing but actually to 
you know, try to, uh, try to elevate the team. And, and we need to see that from the Leafs if they, if they want to kind of get out of this slump right now. And it's not just from the uh, depth guys too. It's also got to be from the big, from the big guns. Mm-hmm. Uh, Mitch Marner is arguably going to be the Leafs' most valuable player, or at least like most important player tonight. So the pressure will be on him to show that he can uh, carry a line and not have Austin Matthews feeding him the puck. Obviously, he's going to be playing with Tavares, and Tavares is uh, the the Leafs' second best center at this time. But yes, like pressure is going to be on the big guns just to step up as well. Everybody's got to hold their weight or else this is not going to work oh for sure so that's going to be interesting and uh they 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 play the oilers tonight um yeah we just have to hope you know on the offensive front um their last game with the oilers that was not a very good game they're having trouble uh converting on chances they were having trouble entering the offensive zone um just a lot of a lot of things there and and we got to hope that you know uh i mean again you know austin matthews scored the sole goal um on wednesday as well and now he's out so you got to really hope that one of the other big guys step up or possibly one of the littler littler guys mm-hmm. it doesn't matter who steps up someone has to step up that's mm-hmm. really the big the big thing here but, but also for the leafs uh this past week saw them take saw their goal depth goalie depth take a huge hit with aaron dell being us uh, uh claimed off waivers by the new jersey devils so that's another thing that's going to have to be a big focal point because Frederick Anderson has been struggling a bit uh, in allowing goals. Jack Campbell had the one start and he looked pretty decent. And Hutchinson is the third string goalie again, and not many Leaf fans are too thrilled about that. So all it's this is again, it's got to fall on all the goalies too they, to step up because uh, if Anderson struggles again and Campbell can't is doesn't show that he's ready to take the reins as a starter just yet, and then. They're going to be in trouble again. It's mm. just the same problems from last year repeating over to the next year. You just got to hope that the Leafs don't, you know, get any injuries to their any of their goalies right now because hey, I was going to say at least the I mean the the Leafs are in a better spot than they were in terms of uh goaltending depth than they were last season, which was when Michael Hutchinson was the second goalie, the backup goalie, and now he's mm. the third string goalie. So that's still, you know, a step up, but yeah, I mean, losing Aaron Dell to uh, waivers, that hurt because the goaltending depth was as deep as I've ever seen it, you know, in 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 a, in a while, in a real while. Mm-hmm. Um, and that was nice to have. But, of course, especially in this season with the taxi squad and, and you know, all these different waivers uh, that have to go through. And um, it, it's definitely harder to keep that depth uh, this season more than ever. Yeah. Exactly, and it obviously sucked to lose Aaron Dell. It was a pretty tough spot that they put themselves in uh, by even having him start of the season on the team because a lot of goalies were put on waivers, and they knew that the risk when they signed him, which is why they brought in Hutchinson in the first place. Now, they could potentially wait to see if another goalie goes on waivers, and then they'll try and claim him, or they could look to whoever's left in free agency and sign him for the rest of the season. I think if they really want to do the latter one, the best option is Mike Condon. Mm-hmm. But again, he's probably not going to thread the needle too greatly. At best, he'll be the four-string goalie and possibly spend the entire year with the Marlies. But again, the Marlies uh, don't, you don't even know when they're playing. So yeah, it's going to be a while uh, to see what the Leafs do with their goalie. We're, it's just probably going to be Freddie, Campbell, Hutchinson for a while. Oh yeah, and I will say this. Like I said, it's a better situation than last season. Hey, we're arguing about 
third, fourth string goalies here. It's a lot better than, you know, having the problem though, uh, like a, a backup goalie problem. Um, so hopefully, you know, the Leafs can uh, kind of refill out that um, goaltending depth, but uh, we'll see. We'll see. I think for now they're in an okay spot. Yeah. I'll say this though. If they uh, continue to struggle, they're going to fall behind the Montreal Canadiens who are surprisingly off to a good start. Mm-hmm. It's still early in the season, but again, it is a shortened season. So, I mean, every game kind of matters a lot more now. Yeah, exactly. Just want to pause the conversation to remind you guys that our podcast has a Twitter page. If you want to keep track of the latest episodes, want to send in your questions, or just want to hang out, that's the place for you. It's at Behind the Net Pod. That's B E H I N D T H E N E T Pod. Hope to see you there. Now, back to the show. So let's go into basketball now. Uh, the Raptors, um, a lot of up and down, uh, which is better than, you know, the beginning of the season was just a lot of down. <laughs> but yeah, um, where things are starting to turn the corner. Things are uh, starting to look up for the Raptors. They have been winning a few games, uh, but um, they've also been struggling um, as well. Last game against the Miami Heat, they suffered a pretty big loss, uh, especially without both Tyler Hero and Jimmy Butler. Um, Mm -hmm. But they did string together three straight wins uh, prior to that. Um, So where do you see the Raptors so far? Do you think um, kind of playoff contention is opening the possibilities, or or do you think they're still a bottom-feeding team? Well, I don't think that they're a bottom-feeding team, but I also don't know if they're a playoff team yet. They're they're probably in that in between stage where they are like on the bubble, but we don't even know where uh, they're going to end up because this Eastern Conference right now is completely wide open. Like think of it this way: the New York Knicks are currently sitting in eighth place. Mm-hmm. Don't tell me that's going to last by the end of the, the season. Miami Heat aren't even the Miami Heat went to the finals last season, and they're not even a, in a playoff spot right now. It's uh, basically what I'm trying to say is it's still way too early. Mm-hmm. Not enough games have been played before we can make an accurate assessment of where the Raptors currently stand. Because because for all we know, that that early slump could just be just like a, a minor blimp in the radar. And uh, just just like one thing that, ha- that happened uh, at the start of the season that probably pushed them to a, a big winning streak later on. Because remember, a lot of those losses were like one-score games. Like, mm-hmm. Just a couple, a couple points separated the Raptors from winning, and if those if those turns into wins, they're probably in the fifth or the sixth seed right now. So, like I said, it's still still way too early. I, I like to see a few more games being played before I can make an accurate assessment. Oh, a hundred percent, a hundred percent. But like we said before as well, um, every game matters a lot more because it is a shortened season. So we'll have to see, you know, how the how the Leafs decide, uh, how the Raptors decide to kind of pushing themselves i mean they have to pick it up very soon but i was gonna say uh also the i don't know for me the raptors they they do look a lot better but they're still not the team we know to be you know they still are making countless mistakes um they look they look a lot better um but they just lost uh alex len um and they also, you know, their depth, especially in the center position, is just really really looking atrocious right now. Yeah. I will say one of the big things that uh, affects this Raptors team's uh, chances is their road record. As it stands at the time of recording, they are 1-6. in six. 
That is tied for the worst in the Eastern Conference. The only team that has that has the same record as them is the Detroit Pistons. And if I'm not mistaken, that actually might be tied for the worst in all of basketball. Mm-hmm. I'm so, actually looking at the standings right now. It is the worst in basketball. Yeah. So if you're the Raptors, that has to be fixed. You need to do better on the road than just a single win because... Going into other teams' courts, the Raptors have proven that they can can close it out. Like, for example, the Raptors won the NBA championship in Golden State. Like, that should just be proof right there that they know how to... A lot of these guys know what it takes to win on the road. So that has to be number one. But also their point differential is abysmally small. 0.4 right now. That needs to improve to at least a two or three. Because that's why you're looking at some of the best teams in, like, at least you're in the conversation for a playoff team if you're around there. But yes, I know it's 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 definitely up there for the Eastern Conference. But like, look in the West: ten point two for the Lakers, seven point one for the Clippers, six point zero for the Jazz, three point nine for the Nuggets, and the list goes on. Mm. Actually, let me say one more: nine point eight for the Bucks. So the Raptors need to do a better job defensively because one. 110.7 points against per game is not going to cut it. I completely agree. And I think that honestly is one of the hardest things to realize about the Raptors because the Raptors have always been, you know, for the last several years, one of the best teams in the whole league defensively. And to see such a drop off. um, And I mean, we do know that they lost two of their best uh, defensive players in Serge Ibaka and Marcus Gasol, and that definitely has a, a big impact on the, the overall team's performance, more than we anticipated. Um, clearly, uh, it's just a big, it, it's a shocker to see just how kind of, how much of a dip they've taken uh, defensively, which is, it was their bread and butter. Yeah. What's good, though, is that we're seeing progression from the likes of... Uh... Chris Boucher, who's uh, been mm-hmm. uh, been probably the biggest surprise and the, the most pleasant surprise of the Raptors this season. And he's showing that he's more than ready to take that next step in his development. But oh, yeah. one of the things that we want to... I think you and I both agree, I would love to see him get uh, more started, more starts. Yeah, I mean, I could see him, you know... He's he's playing the six man role very well, and uh, he could I, I'd easily I'd easily say he's in the conversation for six man of the year. Uh, it's definitely still early, but he's in the conversation for both uh, six man of the year and I'd even say most improved player if he keeps it he keeps at it like this. This is kind of like what we saw with Pascal Siakam a couple seasons ago, and I know we've been calling for OG Ananobi to make that big leap, but I love that it's coming from Chris Boucher, who we honestly wouldn't have. Uh, you know, expected, but hey, he signed that big contract in the offseason and he's ready to show that he's worth all that money. And yeah, he's been probably the brightest the brightest spot on the Raptors this season. And and it's mm-hmm. been great. And I'd love to see him start, um, for sure. But even yeah, just a six man, he's been one of the best six men um in the NBA. I mean it's crazy to me that uh, the Raptors made all these these moves for uh set uh, for the fourth and the fifth spot like uh with Aaron Baines and Alex Len. And bringing back uh, Chris Boucher turned out to be the most important move of the entire offseason because look at look at just look at it where it's taken this Raptors team. Mm-hmm. Uh, yes, it's we're still nowhere close to seeing uh, them uh, take those those next steps. But uh, yeah, if Chris Boucher can continue the way he's been playing as he has the start of the year, you know this Raptors team going forward is, is in a good spot. 
Mm-hmm. And hey, we were talking about the biggest hole the Raptors have that's a lot bigger than we anticipate is uh, the center position. And Chris Boucher, do you think he could run the five? How would you like to see that? Well, I would like definitely like to see him uh, get more. Like I said, I think it just starts with uh, getting more uh, starting starts mm-hmm. for, for Chris Boucher. Yes, I know. I think uh, the Raptors probably have a plan for him. Like they want him to come off the bench to start off because he's still uh, still developing. Very but, raw prospect still. Yeah, I think the goal should be by the end of the season he'll have at least twenty plus starts, maybe even thirty. Mm-hmm. And I think that that'll bode well for uh, the Raptors going forward. Yeah, I mean it's 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 great and. Whether or not the Raptors end up being a contending team for the playoffs or somewhere near the bottom, uh, we'll just have to see. Um, I still think, I, I, in my honest opinion, I think the bubble that they're kind of stuck in right now is probably the worst position we, we both know to end the season off because you don't get a high pick or you don't make the playoffs. So uh, we'll see how that plays out. The Raptors draft well either way, and this is a really deep draft. So we'll see. Um, what what path they end up uh, taking there? Yeah, as listen, if the Raptors want to salvage their season, uh, hopefully they should definitely make a move if they need to. But uh, like I was saying uh, in the past, if this season does not prove to be a successful one, like you were mentioning, it's not the end of the world mm-hmm. uh, that they, they they keep their eyes on the draft lottery. Mm-hmm. It wouldn't hurt to get a high pick, especially this this year. There's a lot of good talent in this year's draft. Oh yeah. Yep. Um, but yeah, with that, uh, I guess I'll end it off with, do you think they need to make any, any moves, uh, to try and contend or do you think they should continue to stay put? Well, they could have done something, uh, with, uh, James Harden, but now he's, uh, off to Brooklyn and apparently loving it there. Mm-hmm. So that was probably, that was probably the only move that you could easily say that might be something the Raptors should look into, but obviously a bit of a headache, uh, potentially if he's not fully satisfied with the Raptors and maybe not the kind of player that they, they need at this time. So I would just wait and see what the market looks like uh, at the, around the trade deadline, because the last thing this Raptors team can do is make a knee jerk reaction that hurts them in the long run. Oh, for sure. I say they stay put. I think, yeah, this just let the season play out and uh, kind of reevaluate where you are. I think it all starts with the draft lottery. Reevaluate where you are in the draft lottery and kind of build from there. Yeah, exactly. Mm-hmm. So uh, finally, before we close out the episode, let's move into um, NFL talk. And uh, <laughs> I mean, uh, I'm uh, on my end. I'm sad, but I know on your end, you're you've been happy this week. <laughs> well, more like uh, it was. It was definitely. Uh, very tough very pretty tough game to watch if you're if you're a fan of football that loves mm-hmm. offense mm-hmm. but if you love defenses that was an that was a great game and i think it just proved one thing that this bills team does not need josh allen to lead the way that they still have one of the best defensive units if they're on their a game that's oh, a yeah. big thing the bills all season long have never really seen their defense turn in a performance like this on a consistent basis and now they're probably faced, they're they're about to face off arguably the best offense in football, not just because the the Bills had like the most points in the regular season, but this this uh, Chiefs offense is scary. And going up against Patrick Mahomes, who was cleared to play this weekend, uh, is going to be a tough one. So 
hopefully it's a good game uh one one away from the super bowl and never thought i would have seen it uh this 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 soon but man being a bills fan it's great right now <laughs> on the other on the other side is the, the cleveland browns but no in all seriousness uh i don't think i mean i for one am not uh, disappointed in the Browns and I don't think any Browns fan should be disappointed of course it sucks to lose uh, but like we said you know it was against the Chiefs who um, were kind of touted to be you know repeat they, I mean they, they they have the potential to repeat and they definitely are their favorites and the Browns carried the underdog story all throughout the season and uh, they went a lot farther than anyone ever thought they would and this is and I'll just reiterate that like what I've been saying the last few weeks this is honestly just the beginning for the Browns uh, contention. And I think it's great. You know, we're seeing Baker Mayfield uh, look like a legit, you know, uh, he's starting to look like a legit star quarterback and, and one that can actually, that, you, that the Browns can roll with. You know, that's been a question for a while and uh, one that they can contend with. And uh, as things slowly keep coming together as they did this season and their consistency, they show they can be a consistent team as they continue mm-hmm. to, uh, you know, build on that. And uh, again, without OBJ as well, as they continue to play their game, and and next season's going to be next season's going to be great because uh, the the expectations are finally now higher for the Browns, and uh, that's going to be great. So that's honestly all I have to say. It was a great game. Uh, congrats to the Chiefs, and um, I'm I'm glad that Patrick Mahomes is uh he's 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 okay and he's safe to play uh this uh, upcoming game against the Bills. So yeah. I just want to add that uh, this is what three years removed from the Browns uh, having an zero and sixteen season. Mm-hmm. What a difference three years makes! This it's been Browns a big, team, it's been a quick turnaround when you think about it, too. Yeah, they went from one of the biggest laughing stocks in football to one of the uh, the best underdog stories in all of football this year. And like you said, yeah, this this it's only just the beginning. Hopefully, one day the Bills, Bills, and the Browns meet up in the playoffs for real. I was hoping it'd be this I year. Was it would have been this cool. year too. <laughs> We probably could have done a emergency episode uh, during the game. Just that would have been a great episode. Oh yeah. Oh, yeah. Um, but as we all know, you know, it's okay because uh, the Kansas City Chiefs were in our way, and now they kind of they're in your way as well with the Bills. And uh, I want to know what what are your thoughts on uh, going into that game. Well, I'll say this. The Bills have already exceeded expectations. They've gone further than I ever thought they would could go in this playoffs. Well, obviously, the goal was to make it past the uh, wildcard round, and they did just that. And now they're in the AFC Championship game for the first time since 1993. Obviously, I would love to see this Bills team in the Super Bowl. I think it would be quite the year if they were able to do just that. But I wouldn't be too upset if they lose uh, this game because... They're only like like your Browns. The Bills are just getting started. Mm-hmm. This this team is is nowhere to go but up. And I think if it's not this year, then definitely next year they've got a legitimate chance to do it again. Oh, for sure. Um, yeah, like like you said, uh, this team is a lot even without uh, Josh Allen. And if anything, Josh Allen, uh, you know, you you now know that you have a superstar on like in your hands. And uh, you could just roll with this now. Like that Bills team is 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 amazing. What, what's what's going on in Buffalo? And it's going to be exciting. But yeah, the Chiefs are in your way, and let's just see how uh, how things play out this weekend. Yeah, and uh, just a couple things I want to mention. Uh, first of all, there's been quite a bit of changes to football in terms of the big quarterbacks. Like obviously, the future is now with Mahomes and uh, Allen being the stars of the AFC, along with Baker Mayfield. But we're also seeing some longtime names uh, retiring. First, I think it was uh, Philip uh, Rivers. 
a long time to QB for the Chargers this past season with the uh, Colts. Had his loss up throw be a failed Hail Mary. And Drew Brees, the longtime uh, QB for the Saints, lost uh, this past weekend to the Bucks, and his career is pretty much done. So a lot of a lot of old time quarterbacks are seeing their careers come to end. So mm-hmm. we're seeing this is the dawn of a new era in football. Mm-hmm. And I quickly want to say, uh, while we're talking about uh, kind of older vets here, man, the Bucks, the Bucks, they have. Uh, I mean, all season they've been proving people wrong because we know we they started this season now with a lot of doubts, uh, especially kind of starting off rocky. And then look at them here. Um, one game away from making the Super Bowl with uh, Tom Brady and Gronk once again. And I guess that free agent signing is paying off for them. Mm-hmm. Yeah, exactly. But uh, again, they still have a pretty big test. Uh, Aaron Rodgers is in play, has, has had yet another great season this year. Uh, prop looking to try and win his second Super Bowl because I think he's only got one. So yeah, a big another a big year for 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 him and should be quite the matchup in the NFC Championship too. The Packers Bucks should be a good one. Oh yeah, it's gonna be really uh, it's gonna be really really fun game and then really interesting. I'm I'm gonna tune into obviously both games. It's gonna be great. Absolutely, for sure. Um, so with that, I think we'll wrap up this episode. That was a great episode. Big week in sports. Football's wrapping up, and and hockey and basketball and even baseball is just beginning now. Yep. Uh, just wanted to reiterate that what, what we said last week. I'm not sure if any of you guys heard the message, but we are looking for a producer for this podcast. Hopefully, if you guys are interested, you can message us on Twitter, message the Twitter page for the podcast, or even send us an email. We'll we'll definitely hope hopefully you can reach out. And we can potentially get a an awesome person who can help us out on the podcast Mm -hmm. so if you know uh anything about audio editing uh posting things like that uh reach out to us we'd love to uh you know get to know you and then uh work together and and and, uh get some help with this podcast it'd be great so definitely hit us up um now it's time to shout out our uh, socials but uh definitely hit us up on the podcast uh twitter and that is at behind the net pod on Twitter. And you or you could hit me up on Twitter at Matt underscore Rodrigo underscore. My Twitter is at the Leafs IMO. And just a quick reminder, we do have a YouTube page and hopefully uh, this this week's episode will be on there soon because we have to uh, get back to posting videos on there. Oh, yeah. Uh, <laughs> I'll, I'll get on that. It's been uh, those those videos just take a while to render. <laughs> Fair take enough, take fair a real enough. long time, but uh, yeah, we'll hopefully get those back, and maybe we'll bring some uh, some more uh, kind of video call uh, podcast episodes going too. Yeah, that'd be fun. Yeah, mm-hmm. L- lots of fun stuff for the podcast this year. Oh I yeah, I can tell you that for right oh, now. Oh yeah, new year, new ideas. Um, but with that, um, thank you for listening, and we'll see, we'll catch you guys next week. Take care.